on the 4th of June, uh, it was the long weekend. And uh, my husband, Rod, was making his famous sourdough pizzas at our house for the family. And I was talking to my uh, nephew uh, called Arastia Yazdani, and he was asking me how real life church was going. And I said to him, it's, it's great, it's, you know, wonderful things are happening, but we need a, uh, a new uh, ministry, a new person to come in uh, to head up our community services. Uh, and so uh, we were chatting about, you know, the sort of person that had a heart um, for that particular sort of outreach ministry. Anyway, a couple of minutes later, he said to me, I wonder if my friend Raju would be interested in, you know, working in, in this ministry. And uh, so we gave him a ring, rang him right there and then. And he said, um, uh, and it was Raju's birthday. And uh, so, of course, Raju thought that his friend Arastia was ringing because it was his birthday. But no, he just ran this whole thing past him. The following morning on the 5th of June, uh, Raju comes in and has a chat with Pastor David and Rochelle. And as they say, the rest is history. And so from uh, this year, we've had the joy and the pleasure and the privilege of having Raju and Michelle and Elisha and Ezra and also Daniel, who seems to be here most of the time. That's uh, Michelle's dad, uh, who got water baptised in our last water baptismal service. And they have joined our family here at Real Life Church and they have just been such a great fit. And so this morning, I'm going to invite Raju to come and share the word of God with us. Would you make him feel so incredibly welcome? Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, let me look a little bit smart, okay? Just putting the thick Bible here with me. I have a Bible. Yeah. Um, yeah probably mobile phone we don't use now. Hopefully nobody calls me. Um, thank you again for this wonderful opportunity given to me to share the Word of God. Um, I, I thought I really enjoy preaching until I had to really prepare the sermon and, and think about what to preach. Um, but I know that God really um, has a word for all of us um, because, because we are here to hear his word, not, not so much about me. Of course, I'll be speaking, but it's, it's the word of God that touches your heart and, and it's the word of God that we need. So we have already heard quite a lot about um, the missions and this is a missionary sending church. And I get, I'm, I'm really, uh, when I came here to the Real Life Church and realized Real Life Church is real, um, <laughs> and, and, and just to realize that how much of, a, even though it's a congregation of size of 300 over people, how much of the missions, that how much money that we actually saw into the kingdom of God, it's amazing. And, and, and I think the, the bigger churches should actually learn from us how to give. And I'm so grateful and thankful to be here, the part of Real Life Church. And I, I really believe in my heart that I have already said 
that I really believe that God brought us here. And, and I also believe that um, I always have to give margin to the Holy Spirit, isn't it? So I'm, I'm saying about 80%. I'm sure that this real-life church will be our final church until we are called home. Um, and that's a big statement to make, and I'm not saying this lightly, but I believe that God has brought us here, and He's going to plant us here, and He's going to lead us in some way or another, and God is going to give us opportunity, whether we are in a mission field or we are in, in here, wherever we are, but I believe, fully believe that God has brought us here, and He will keep us here. So, thank you. I love this church. I love the pastors, um, Pastor David, Pastor Richelle, and Pastor Bethwin, um, and, and we are a really great team, and I'm so blessed to be working under them. Um, today, I just want to continue with the second part of my testimony that I actually preached on the 14th of August, 2022. So if you have not heard my testimony, please, it's on the podcast, reallifechurch.com. You can go to the website and you can find me, my testimony on the, I preached on the 14th of August, 2022. So today I want to actually talk about the faithfulness, regarding the faithfulness is the theme, but I want to particularly focus on the faithfulness of God. And how many of us know that God is faithful? Yes. And he, he always keeps His promises. And if I go around asking every individual people one by one, you will somehow recall the faithfulness of God in your own story. And, and some of you have gone through uh, a lot of hardship, but in that hardship, in that difficulties, you can always pinpoint to see that God was always present, looking after you, and carrying you through that situation. And I know that if I ask some people who have gone through a really good childhood or really wonderful life so far, thank God for that. And even in that situation, you can see the hand of God leading you. God is always faithful. He is always faithful. And I want to share with you the faithfulness of God today. And Psalms 25 verse 10 talks about the Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep His covenant and obey his demands. That sounds, second part sounds like, oh, I, I, I do need to do something where it says keep his command and obey his demands. How many of you have done that faithfully? Thank God you didn't raise your hand. I haven't. I haven't kept his commandment, his covenant, and his demands, but God is faithful because even though we are not faithful, He is still faithful. It's not about us. It's all about Him. 
and what He is doing through us. Even though at times, if I can recall in my own life the times that I have gone away from the ways of God and left the path that He was telling me to walk and walk the opposite direction, and at times I felt that God has left me without realizing God will never leave me, but I can leave Him. But the faithfulness of God is always following through with us because God is always faithful. He is always faithful. Psalms 40, Psalms chapter 40, verse 10 and 11 reads this way. I'm having difficulty trying to, yes, it's there. It says, I have not kept good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. The psalmist writes, says that I'm not only going to keep the justice and your faithfulness in my heart hidden, I'm going to declare it to everybody. I'm going to tell everybody about your faithfulness. I'm going to tell everybody in the assemblies where he's in the meeting room, in the in, in, in business sector, in my workplace, at my house, everywhere I am, wherever I am, I'm going to share and talk about your faithfulness. How important it is to open our mouth and actually share about our God's faithfulness to the generations that are lost. How important it is for us to open our mouth and share the faithfulness of God to others who are dying eternally without Christ. As Sammy says, that's, the faithfulness of God I'm going to share with everybody. I'm going to personally share my testimony of God's faithfulness to everybody here today. Genesis to Revelation, if we read, that's a lot, 66 books. If we read that, and throughout the scripture we see the faithfulness of God. We see the faithfulness of God with Adam and Eve. We see the faithfulness of God with Abraham, before Abraham, Noah, we see the faithfulness of God to Noah, Noah who, was, who was himself lived in a time of uh, a, a season where there was wickedness was rampant. The world was becoming so wicked. At that moment, Noah found the favor with God and God used Noah and a family out of the flood and save the family, and that was not because Noah did anything good, it was because of the faithfulness of God. God, by His grace, chose Noah and a family to bring forth God's faithfulness to the world. And we see Abraham. If we look at Abraham, we see the faithfulness of God. Bible says Abraham believed God, and God credited him for righteousness. And it was the grace of God that brought Abraham 
out of his own country, out of his own land, out of his own family, and brought and promised a son, and through his son Isaac, and all other coming after him will be blessed. And until today, because of the faithfulness of God, we are still reaping the benefit and the blessing that was promised to Abraham. The faithfulness of God is all throughout the scripture. Even when Abraham lied and didn't live the life that he should live, God was still faithful to him. In my life, before I go to my life, God's faithfulness means that he can never act against his nature. Faithfulness is his nature. It's, he is faithful because that is his nature. He cannot act outside of that. He is always faithful. No matter where you are at at this morning, no matter what situation, circumstances you are facing this morning, no matter how difficult life is or how wonderful life is, to you, God is still faithful. I remember in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it talks about, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Pastor Bethune, you said this this morning when you were praying. Before you were born, I set you apart. And appointed you as my prophet to the nations. You know, reading the fa- thinking about the faithfulness of God in my life, I feel like that scripture is actually directly written to me. Maybe the prophet part will come later, but God knew me before I was born. God knew me when I was needed in my mother's womb. God knew me. And not only me, but God knows you. Each one of you. God knew you, God knew you, God knew you, God knew you. God knew every one of you. And God also know that what you're going to do. And God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of you. Because he is faithful. In 1997, this is the second part of my testimony. 1997 and 98 was a where I graduated, 1997, I graduated from the school, and after I finished my high school in boarding, from boarding school in India, I went back to Nepal in the orphanage. When I went back to Nepal in the orphanage, I, I really didn't know what am I going to do next. I knew that when I was in grade 10, God spoke to me, he touched me, and I knew God has called me into ministry. But I didn't know how that going to pan out for me. So I went back to Nepal, and I spoke to my mom. I said, Mom, I really want to be a pastor. And I want to serve the Lord, because God picked me up from the street, and I want to give back to the society, because God picked me up from the street, and now I want to help out the kids as well as people who are suffering around the world. That was my purpose. 
So I told my mom, I said, I want to serve the Lord, but I want, before I serve the Lord, I really want to go to the Bible college because I want to be trained in the Word of God before I can actually speak the Word of God. Or I need to learn quite a lot of things. Those days, I was quite young. So I needed to learn, so I wanted to go to the Bible college. That's what I thought everybody does when they have a call of God. They go to the Bible college, and the Bible college has a responsibility to train you and send you, and you become a superstar. (laughs) Well, that was what I thought anyway. And my mom said, like, you know, normal pastor and mother will say, she said, son, You do what I ask you to do, help around the church, and just be faithful and pray about it. And if God opens the door, I will send you to the Bible college. Life went on month, two months, three months. I completely forgotten the call of God, and I started being like, you know, once, once you know that your life goes on and you, 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 you sometimes drift away from the purpose that God has for you and you start to go in your own ways. So as a like, young, young boy at that time, 19 years old, you know, 19-year-old boy looking for a, a, a meaning and purpose and, and some friendship, I fell in love with a girl that, who was not a Christian. She was a very strong practicing Hindu. As you know, my family, my foster family, are all in a ministry. My mom is a pastor of the church. My grandfather is a pastor of the church, always have been pastor of the church. My grandmother is a pastor of the church. My uncle the pastor of the church, my auntie, the pastor of the church, my other uncle is a pastor of the church, my other auntie is a pastor of the church, and everybody, all, seems like I know everyone in the world, right? But all of them in the ministry, and I here, the son of Pam Seward, fall in love with a girl that was not even a Christian, and I am here going out with her And some people will say, what's wrong with that? You know, like you you, you fall in love with that and bring her to church and she become a Christian, that's fine. But in my family, that was not accepted at that time because it's always easier to pull someone down to pull someone up. Bad morals corrupt good character. So... And I started going, and my mom suddenly found out. She found out somehow because she had a discernment, the the gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, discernment. The the moment she looked at my face, looked at my eyes, she knew what was happening. (laughs) Peter, I'm telling the truth. She knew exactly what was happening. She looked at me and said, something is wrong. What's happening with you, Raju? And, and, and I, I try my best to lie, you know. I'm not a gifted liar. Don't have that gift. It's, it's, it's like I, I, I'm trying here, holding on to my breath. I'm saying so, so, I can't, I can't because I'll get into trouble. I, I can't, I can't say. She will say, break it up. 
And, and my mom is really, I, I thank God for my mom. She's a strong lady. She's, you know, she said, this is what, and that's what it has to happen. So I love my mom, and thank God that she's a strong lady, because my life, was been, my life would have been ruined if I look back now. When I look back now, I realize that that was God interrupting my daily routine. Thank you, Lord. But I'm grateful today. So my mom said, you are going to tell me the truth. What's happening? And, and I said, I couldn't lie. I said, Mom, I have this girl that I'm going out with, and she is not a believer. And she said, I knew it. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me earlier then, Mom? No, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> just thought about that. And, and so she said, okay, I'm going to buy you a ticket, hear this, I'm going to buy you a one-way ticket, and tomorrow morning, you are going to fly to Singapore. All right. Remember, backtracking, I, I, I said that I really wanted to go to the Bible college, so to be trained in a Bible college to go and become a pastor. So here comes... Suddenly, my mom said, she forgot all about pray about it, let God speak, and all those words. And God has spoken. She took my passport. Thank God I had a passport. She took my passport. She went to the travel agent. Mom, if you are hearing this, I love you. Um, she took my passport. And she went to the travel agent and she bought a ticket, one-way ticket to Singapore. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then she came to me. I'm happy now, but I was not happy then. <laughs> she said, you're going to Singapore. I said, no, I'm not going to Singapore. And I went and gone into my room quietly and started, I, I, I was just, thinking through. And do you know that I knew my mom will know this, so I had already packed my bag, not because I wanted to go to Singapore. I packed my bag, and I had told my girlfriend that tomorrow we are both going to run away from our homes, and we are going to start our life. I had packed my bag, literally. Bag was ready. Thank God that bag that I packed, I did not go out with my girlfriend then. I took that bag and went to Singapore. In the story, it might appear a bit weird. How can God use the situation? Isn't the word of God says all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called by his name. So all things, even the negative situation and circumstances you are in right now, God can turn that around for your good if you allow it. If you allow it, God can turn that around and use it 
for your good. Something good will come out from that. Like my story, your story can also change and transform because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God that I love, that I serve, is the same God that you love and you serve. And same God can change your situation, circumstances, and turn it around for your good. So I went to Singapore, and I actually, through Singapore, I was, in 1998, I was sent by Singapore to Malaysia. So there's a school of acts in Malaysia. I'm supposed to go there and study and do a six months of leadership training, which after six months, I assume my mom thought that I'm going to come back to Nepal and continue in ministry because there was a lot of need in Nepal. So she sent me to Malaysia, but God knew his plan, his purpose for my life, and God I could not stay in Malaysia for every month I had to go in, come out, holding a Nepali passport. It was quite difficult for me to stay in Malaysia. So end up, end up for me, instead of staying in Malaysia, it was more convenient for me to live in Singapore rather than Malaysia. So I came down to Singapore and I started living in Singapore. There was a church in Singapore which pastored by my grandparents, my mom's father and mother. And they were the pastors and they said, they hand me over the keys of the church and said, look, we have a small room, um, apartment, you can stay there. Your job is to clean the church, open the door in the morning, close the gate, and that's your responsibility. So look after that, look after the church and stay in that room. So that's what I did. For last next three years, I was opening the church doors, cleaning the church, closing the church doors, and make sure that I close the main gate at nighttime and open in the morning. My grandfather was an amazing man who lived in the church. The church was his first house, and his own house was the second. Most of the time, early morning, he's in church and he leaves late at night because he is in the church, in the ministry, always. And he loved the people. He loved the people. And so I was just looking after the church. And while after that, they managed to send me to the Bible college in Singapore, I finally, in 2000, I finally enrolled in ATCAM, Asia Theological College for Evangelism and Missions. Presently, it's called ATC. And I, enrolled, I was enrolled there. And when I went into the Bible college for the first time, remember that I don't have a formal, formal English education background. My first mother tongue is Nepali. The learned language and the study language is Hindi. So English is a learned language. The third learned language. So when I went to Singapore for the first time, nobody could actually understand my English. I know you are, say, you are thinking now, I can't understand your English too. <laughs> That's true. 
But I have come a long way. Thank God for that. So I went into the Bible college and not knowing English and not knowing what research paper is all about, all that. I went into the class and then I'm, 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 just, I'm just looking at the lecturer and they keep on going. I could understand English because my mom is it's American missionary lady. So, so I, could, I could understand English a little bit. I could read a little bit. It's not that I didn't completely not know English. I knew a bit, but... I'm just sitting there, and they talk about theology, they talk about uh, Trinity, and, and, and uh, all those words, and I'm just, it, things are going, just flying over my head, and I'm thinking, what's going on? And they, the lecturer said, okay, I want you to write 500 words essay on this topic, <laughs> and I'm thinking, what essay we're talking about? 500 words? I don't even have two words. And I went, and, and the lecturer said, you can go to the library and then see the books and you do uh, biblio and, and all those things and then just do. I'm thinking, what biblio and bi- biography and this and that? I, I, was, I didn't know anything. So I went into the library thinking the library will help me. And I started crying, literally. I started crying. I looked at the library. The, the library was so huge that I started crying. And I said, Lord... I really, I was so, at, until that moment, I was so passionate about preaching in English because a lot of the English speakers used to come and they used to preach powerfully. And I, I said, I want to preach like that one day. And I was dreaming about preaching until I went into the library and saw all the books. I said, what is this? And I literally started crying. And for the la- next six months, I was just crying almost every day, struggling to do a research paper and write and study. But I pressed on. I prayed. I literally, I, I prayed to God. I said, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me because I really want to preach in English. I really want to learn English. Please help me. And I struggled through that. Bro- I, I tell you, boy, I struggled through that moment, those days. It was so hard, so difficult. If you tell me on the day that I, those days, if you tell me God has a plan and a purpose for, you, for your life, and I would turn around and say, what God's purpose and plan? I can't even see it because I can't even speak English properly. But I knew today when I look back, God, have, God really taught me. God really molded me. God really brought that opportunity to me and I took those opportunities even though it was difficult and hard, but I struggled through and I never give up. And I managed to finish my bachelor degree in theology from the Atcam Bible College in Singapore. I'm just telling you that I'm educated. In 2003, 25th December 2003 was a special day. It was a special Christmas for me. That's the day that I met Michelle, now my wife, for the first time. On the Christmas day, I went to her grandmother's house to have a lunch. Grandmother invited me without knowing I will be stealing her granddaughter. She is happy now. Thank God for that. 
so does my father in law just sitting there smiling <laughs> and since in 2005 after graduating from the bible college story to turn because my i when i said i'm going to marry michelle who is my wife now there was a opposition about me marrying her and so we decided that we will going to be living staying i mean we were we were separated for about we were told it's about 9 months but that didn't last 9 months it only lasted 3 4 months thank god for that but we decided that god is in it so we need to honor our parents my parents my mom and pastor as well we decided yes okay we will separate ourselves for that period of time and that's when michelle decided that she is going to come to perth and work here she is a registered nurse so she and her two friend came to perth to work before that uh, when she came here she realized that i'm gone to nepal i graduated from bible college i've gone to nepal now and most likely she was thinking that i'm not going to come back coming back again so she start she need to start her own life but she had some faith that because we knew god brought us together but there was a problem in the middle so what happened is she came here she started working and within 6 months of being in the hospital they the hospital sponsored her to get her pr permanent residency of australia and i need to go faster now time is running even though i am not um <laughs> so what we need to do is six months being here and by then my mom accepted that okay if you really want to get married go ahead i will give you my blessing and i told my mom thank you mom that's what i actually needed i needed your blessing because i believe in a parental blessing and so and she said okay now you can start communicating all that so we started communicating and she told me that oh um yeah i got my pr i'm and and all that so i was really happy but i after being 3 months being in nepal i went back to singapore again and um in 2006 my girlfriend then um came back and we found a date of getting married and we decided 27 10 27 october 2007 we're going to get married so she finish up in 2007 early 2007 she in the hospital she she said i'm going to resign because i need to go back and get married the manager comes to her and said why would you like to resign and she said no i'm going back to singapore i'm going to get married and i'm not going to most likely i might not come back and i if i come back i don't know when i'm going to come back again anyway so she put a resignation and the manager said look michelle i am not going to accept your resignation but i'm willing to give you 3 years unpaid leave here just hear the faithfulness of god throughout all this life story how god works 
If we were not separated, Michelle would have never come to Perth. If Michelle have not come to Perth, I would never be here. So everything, all those things worked together for our good because God is faithful. It's not because we are good. It's God is faithful. So she got her three years unpaid leave and she came back. We got married. And then 2008, God spoke to my heart in the voice internally, say, time Your time in this church now is over. I clearly heard that. And I said, Lord, I'm just, I'm, I I was in Singapore in a work visa. I'm, I'm not even a permanent residency in Singapore. And you are saying my time in this church is over. If I'm not employed by the church there, here in Singapore at that time, where am I going to go back? I have to go back to Nepal. And I want to bring my wife, who is Singaporean, born in Singapore, and lived in Singapore, grew up in Singapore. Am I going to bring her to Nepal with me? And I, I, I just struggled through that. But I heard the voice. I knew it. And I, by faith, not knowing what I'm going to do, I put in a resignation. And after I put a resignation, we prayed about it. And I applied for the PR, permanent residency in Singapore, because I married to a Singaporean. I lived in Singapore for 10 years, and I worked in Singapore. So, of course, Singapore government will grant me PR. And at the same time, because Michelle had permanent residency in Australia, I applied for a spouse visa to come into Australia at the same time. So we prayed about it. We lay a paperwork and said, Lord... Whichever door, please close one door and open one door. It's a very scary prayer to pray. All right? So if you are praying about something, make sure you know what you're praying about. Because God, because God answers our prayer. So I said, close, we said, close one door, open one door. So we went to the uh, uh, immigration, Singapore as well as Malaysia. Malaysian immigration in Singapore, uh, Australian immigration in Singapore, and we put in the application. And Australian immigration said it will take about six months to process everything, and then you will know. And Singapore government said three months, it will, whatever happens, response will come back. So I'm here, three months, six months, and we're praying, Lord, Close one door, open one door. Close one door, open one door. And then both of the application, remember Australian immigration said six months, but within three months, Singapore immigration as well as Australian immigration both sent a letter at the same day. (laughs) I received two envelopes with paperwork inside the same day. If it's not God, I could not have manufactured that. And I didn't bribe anybody. <laughs> so it came exactly the same day. And I opened, first thing, I opened, we opened the Singapore one. Because I knew that somehow, even though I was praying about it, I knew Singapore, God will open the door in Singapore anyway. And because of all the circumstances. I opened the Singapore one, it was rejected. When I 
red rejected, I started panicking inside. Outside, I was really strong, showing, amen, hallelujah, ah, but inside, what am I going to do now if Australia reject as well? I have never been to Australia. I don't even know where Perth is. Uh, you know, I heard about no worries. My, 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 you know, my wife now, every time I send a message, she will say no worries. And I said, what? No worries. I'm not worried, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so I didn't, know, I didn't know what Australia is all about. And so I op- we open with fear inside. I open the envelope and amazingly accepted. So the path that I thought will be open was closed. And the path that I thought will be closed opened. So they gave me the date to come into Australia as well. So it was 2008. I was supposed to be in here in November sometime before that date I needed to enter to Australia. So we decided I resigned the job already. I knew in my heart that God opened that door. So we came into Australia and we came in in 2nd July 2008. God is faithful. Until since... 2008 until now, God has been step by step looking after me. And he has always been faithful. I can share many testimonies like that. Just to show that, you know, what I want to encourage all of you, our time, I've run out the time, and I didn't keep my promise, Pastor David, forgive me. Um, <laughs> so I, what I want to tell all of you is that if God the faithfulness of God that I, I am speaking about right now, the same God is faithful to you too. So whatever you are going through, listening to me, just remember, God is faithful. And He will lead you, He will guide you, He will heal you, He will deliver you, He will transform your life. Just keep loving God with the best ability that you have and love other people, and God will do the rest. God bless all of you. Let's stand up, everybody. Let's stand to our feet. Before I finish, I just, as the singing group and and worship leaders are, are, are preparing, I just want you to, in your own heart, God is faithful. He gave His only Son. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose again. And He loves you and me. If you have not believed in Jesus Christ, it starts with the relationship with Christ. When you have relationship with Christ, you come under the covering of God. You become the sons and daughters of God. You become the child of the Most High God. And thereon, God will start to show himself faithful again and again and again to you. So if you have not received Christ in your heart, I'm going to pray for you. Is there anyone that has never accepted Christ in your heart? If you can signify with your right hand up, lift your right hand and put it down, I just want to pray for you. Thank you for that hand. Any other Thank you. Let's put our hands on the heart 
And let's pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Come into my heart and forgive all my sins from now onwards. Accept me as the sons or the daughters of God. In Jesus' name. Amen.